We're each here to express a different aspect of divinity. And we are to do that in all of the things that we do. Welcome to another episode of Goddess Hangs. Episode 42. Woo! I'm Sadie. And I'm Juliet. Obviously. And we created this podcast to make the world of mindset, manifestation, magic, spirituality more relatable and, and fun. Fun. So fun. Fun, fun, fun. We have an incredible guest today, uh, Makozi Najezer, mm. the royal shaman. We have been huge fans of hers for so long we could not believe that she honored us with her presence for an entire hour this interview is insane she is a uh, coach and guide for the top two percent the elite she helps them build euphoric empires she's all about energetic alignment abundance Um, i love she kept saying both and like you can have it all she's all about it and we talk so much about how to embody that here and now as we you know we're all here we're all goddesses ready to to become the elite we are the elite so without further ado here's our interview with the royal shaman makosi hello goddesses we are so excited about our guest this week makosi the royal shaman welcome welcome we're so happy you're here thank you so much for having me i'm very excited to dive in with both of you. And I know so many people are going to just get some magic from this. Oh my gosh. We have been counting down the days, Mm -hmm. like a countdown to Christmas to have you, (laughs) (laughs) to have you on the show. And we, we know that our listeners are just going to fall madly in love with you and gain so much wisdom, so much insights. I think where we sort of have to begin is what is a shaman what was your journey how did that all unfold for you what like tell us tell us everything (laughs) yeah well i'm not going to tell you everything because we would be here for like three days but i will give you the cliff notes version (laughs) okay that's fair (laughs) um so in short a shaman is someone who serves as the bridge between the physical and the non-physical realm um in a variety of of ways in different gifting, but there are some, some key pillars in that, um, we are initiated to work with spirit Mm -hmm. and usually it's going to be ancestors first and foremost, that's the bulk. Um, but then also depending on, on the person's gifting, there's different kinds of, of spirits that they might work with. So, um, For me, I work primarily with, I guess you could call it the element of ether. I work with um, spirits that can encompass everything. So really at this point, whatever I decide to um, use as medicine can become medicine. And my favorite is just using my voice, just enlightening and activating others using language using frequency. Um, I came onto this path after a lifelong search seeking for really what I'm here for, who, who I really am. 
And I kept, it's almost like I was living dual lives. I was living one life that was focused on achievement, success, so on and so forth. And simultaneously, I was also living a um, more spiritual life where I was interacting with spirit in various ways, um, also really exploring more philosophical things and psychology and, and the origins of humanity. And all of that kind of culminated after my son was born and I decided not to go to med school. When I began to just follow what my inner guidance was telling me. And it was like some traumatic stuff that happened. Um, but the more that I leaned into that, the more that I was creating a life beyond what I could even have dreamed possible. And that ultimately took me into initiations in Africa. I spent about five years in the initiatic process, traveled to five different countries in Africa. And ultimately, um, I completed my ceremony in South Africa when I became um, what they call a Sangoma or a Zulu shaman. And so now, um, ever since then, I'm really here as like an African mystic here to bring the truth and to, you know, awaken consciousness and expand people into the abundance that is really waiting for them to just step into. So I am a person that's um, spiritual, but really grounded in practicality and real life. And how can you actually use spiritual wisdom to improve your relationships, to, you know, create freedom in your life, to um, really create significance in a greater, more expansive way. So just now I want to hear more about like, like the ways, some of the ways that we can do that, some of the ways that you are helping you know, guide and facilitate your clients in accessing the abundance? Yeah, for my clients, um, the first step that we have to step into is a deconditioning process. So we live in a society that really glorifies um, more of the yang aspects of our nature, the, the action, the doing, the hustling, so on and so forth, which is very, very important, mind you. However, there is this other aspect, the yin aspect, which has been so devalued <laughs> for yeah, over 2000 years. And there's a lot of wisdom to be had there for all of us when we begin incorporating this um, into our lives. So my favorite way is really to invite my clients to explore um, that which is uncomfortable, that which is uh, the point of uh, discomfort or resistance, because that is where the gold is. That's where our higher self is bumping up against a limiting belief or it, the way I like to say it, a limiting identity mm -hmm. that it's trying to dissolve 
so that we can receive more of that um, abundance in whatever form it might take. What would you say is maybe the most common limiting identity that you know people are running up against at this time? Or is there one that sort of seems to be ubiquitous amongst different people or like what is, is there one? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's quite a few, but one of them that I see that prevalent a lot right now um, is the people pleaser. Mm. And from a very young age, we're, we're taught <laughs> we're conditioned that it's, it's good to make our parents happy. It's good to, you know, uh, cater to what our teacher wants from us. And we get rewarded for that and punished when we um, don't follow what other people want from us. And so I see so many people, even, even my elite level clients struggle with people pleasing, saying yes to all the things or even approaching, um, I work with entrepreneurs a ton and they even approach their business from the place of, I just want to help people. I just want to serve so on and so forth. And this is one of the ways that, um, our, our ego, our identity hijacks us off of our path. And so I promote (laughs) that we, um, look at how can we actually divinely selfish, divine selfishness, meaning that we are actually doing what is in the highest good for us, knowing that that's going to be in the highest good for everyone. So that means that we actually have to look at, sometimes we want things that would typically be called selfish and those actually can be beautiful things that we want. And also the opposite can be true. That sometimes um, we pursue things that other people will will say are like amazing. For example, um, let's say you want to get a, I don't know, a fabulous car. Most of us want to have a fabulous car, right? And so let's say that you are so focused on getting this car that you neglect what it is that you actually want from having the car. Mm. Well, if you just focus on what it is that you truly desire from that experience and, and start creating that now, that is actually beneficial to others. It might even draw in the car. That happens a lot. Um, but it doesn't become about the external thing. We get divinely selfish about what is the, the experience? What is the feeling that we want to have in our day-to-day lives and operate from that place? And then just how do I share more of that instead of how do I serve these people? How do I make a bigger impact? without really checking in with what's going on inside. What do I really desire? 
Yeah, we talk about that a lot. Like, what if you just keep pouring into your own cup and over let it overflow into everyone's rather than like trying to pour out of this half empty cup that you're frantically trying to refill? It's like scarcity versus abundance and you're taking care of your own energy. I love that divine, divinely divine selfish. selfish, divine selfishness. It's such a different spin on that word. And I love it. And it's it's like it is important to take care of yourself. And I think the more that we do that and the more we show up energized, fulfilled, feeling free, feeling happy, like we then are just like our energy is serving people without us even saying a word sometimes. That's so beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. So I I have to ask, this is this will tie in, but you seem to be an expert on ancestors, ancest ancestral DNA, ancestral trauma, ancestry, all of the Ancestry. Ancestry <laughs> dot com. No. Um, and so <laughs> I wanna ask how our ancestry and our ancestors, how does that tie into our maybe identities or our beliefs about abundance or like how how does that all tie in yeah oh my gosh so there's so many different ways that we can go with this but i'm going to keep it in like the most practical and even a little scientific okay way possible so very often we can get very caught up in the in the more esoteric that we avoid just literally we can see with our own two eyes. So we can literally see with our own eyes that there is no physical aspect of us that is just us. Like I have a pretty um, distinct nose, but this is not my nose. You're looking at my father's nose who got this from his father and his father and on and on and on, right? So we have to first recognize that this, um, this skin, this body, these tissues, the DNA is inherited. And with that, some of the experiences that they had also were passed down. And that can be literally in the DNA, but also many of us were raised in environments as well with um, certain ways of dealing. So the truth is, is that reality just is, but we are the ones who we can have certain experiences and we perceive them as traumatic and then they imprint our way of being. Um, one of my favorite examples of this um, my great-grandmother, she only passed away a few years ago. I was so blessed to have both of my great-grandparents um, up until my late 20s. They were alive, and she lived through the Great Depression. And because of the Great Depression, she had to survive in a certain way. So she became super frugal. I mean, literally, there's Christmas wrapping paper still in the family house, from like the sixties because she would just reuse the wrapping paper. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that way of being was born to create uh, survival in that time period. Mm -hmm. The problem happens when now we're 
continuing to perpetuate that way of being, and it's no longer fitting who we are trying to express in the world, um, what the time is calling for now. And sometimes we become attached to that identity, to that way of being in the world as if it is us, right? Like I know so many people who are like, I'm frugal or, or I'm, uh, (laughs) one of my favorites is like, I'm bougie, (laughs) whatever that, whatever it is for you. Um, and the truth is, is that our identity is malleable. We can create ourselves. We just have to choose to take responsibility for it. And it is simultaneously a responsibility, but also um, a beautiful gift. So when I'm talking about ancestors, there's a spiritual component, but also it's very grounded in the now. I say like your ancestors are you in the past and you are your ancestors right now. So whatever you're doing, whatever healing you're doing, whatever integrating you're doing right now is affecting them and vice versa. There's something that we talk about how your ancestors want you to Mm. succeed and heal because it, it sort of goes go no I shouldn't say goes back but it heals well I think it goes on both ends of the timeline because we believe in reincarnation and that you're sort of reborn into the same soul family again and again so it's like what I do now the generational wealth I, I work to create and the healing and the identities I break down that that's my children and my grandchildren that's me being reborn into that so I'm helping myself and everyone you know in spirit down the line as well as what you're talking about like healing back I just love that I idea. love that <laughs> and it feels so right yeah yeah what are some ways that either you personally or you guide your clients to connect with their ancestors because I I don't I personally don't have a ritual where I do this, I'm definitely interested and um, curious what you have to say. So I do work with my clients occasionally on, on this. It's, it's included in my containers. I don't put a huge focus on it because um, the truth is sometimes we love to like skip steps and the most powerful piece that we have, I would say like about 70% is us and our intuition, Mm. us and our own inner guidance, which also is like your ancestors are a part of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I am a firm believer because I've just seen it so many times that, um, someone can create incredible shifts just by starting with their higher self, just, you know, you and your higher self magic. Then we start talking about ancestors and ancestral reverence, which is really a part of every traditional or ancient or indigenous spiritual system, because in the higher order of things, we see such a huge connection. We see that as being like the gatekeepers to the non-physical realm. 
And so starting a relationship with your ancestors can be just as simple as setting aside a glass of water, setting aside a a small food offering right before you go to eat and just speaking your intentions over that speaking gratitude, you know, thank you for this amazing body that I have loving it. Thank you for letting me borrow it. Um, (laughs) You know, thank you for bringing these awesome, um, amazing friends and spouse and children and so on and so forth. Gratitude. And then also wishes of, you know, what it is that you wish to see in your life. And I think sometimes we approach, (laughs) approach ancestors almost like, um, as if it was, as if they are a sky daddy, they're not, (laughs) They (laughs) they really are, um, looking out for what is for the highest good. And so whenever you do create wishes, um, I always keep in mind that you want to be speaking about wishes that are for the highest good and not be attached to what that might look like. So, you know, instead of asking for, you know, uh, ancestors, um, I'm wishing for this amazing Lamborghini, so on and so forth. Instead, putting your wishes on, I'm so grateful for these two legs and like we get to have both and, and I would really, um, I would really love to receive an incredible vehicle to help me create more, more wealth or, you know, to be able to travel back and forth to the doctor or whatever that is for you, but keeping in mind what is the higher good and know that when you do that, everything that's in alignment for you is going to come into your life and you'll always be taken care of. I love that. Also, I think sky daddy is the funniest thing I've heard. And I'm gonna, <laughs> like I'm picturing it all, like if you ever made a hat, <laughs> you could say sky daddy. Um, so, okay. So you said there's like the 70%, the 30%. So well, let's, let's route back to the 70%, the higher self. How can we access mm-hmm. like our highest, highest self, our highest truth? And how do we tell the difference between that and our ego? Yeah. So for the most part, intuition is going to live in the body. Mm-hmm. Whereas ego or identity or your personality lives more in, in the mind. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a thinking process more and more. So the way that you can really tell the difference between the two is number one, ego is going to be, um, focused on time because it's, it only exists because of time. And so it's always worried about rushing. It's worried about, um, you know, doing things in a timely fashion, it's impatient, so on and so forth. And also it is going to try and talk you into doing the thing that's going to keep you safe Mm. and secure and connected, which oftentimes it's perceiving um, as keeping you small really is what that usually is. So whenever I'm guiding someone to begin tapping into their intuition, 
Number one, recognize that intuition can come in a lot of different forms. It is not just one, one way. It's not just a gut instinct. It could be just a knowing. It could be signs. It could be synchronicities. It could be um, messages that literally just pop up. Um, for some of us, it gets a little bit deeper than that. Like it could be a voice, literally, <laughs> right? Or, or the appearance of an entity can show up and you can have some intuition about that. So when we understand that this aspect of us is timeless, mm. it is much more patient. It's more calm. It doesn't have like an urgency to it. It, because it lives forever, it's not going to rush you because it's almost like, mm, well, we could do, like, even if this kills us, uh, we <laughs> could come back. So okay. here's the nudge. Are you going to get it or not? And so it becomes, it's a very subtle um, it's a very subtle thing. And so we have to practice it. And I always invite people to just start with very simple things. Um, I love food. So I start with food for a lot of people, unless you have, you know, if you have prior history of challenges with food, maybe don't start with that, with that one, but um, allowing yourself to intuit what it is that your body needs from you. And then actually act on it and then see, pay it, begin paying attention to how that made you feel. Even if it was like, oh, well, it's time to eat. And my body's actually not hungry right now. I'm just going to, I'm just not going to eat right now because that's what my body's calling for. And then see, oh, actually, maybe I feel a little bit more energized than I didn't need to eat right then. Or maybe it was, you know, asking for. I don't know. I was on a burger kick for like two months. <laughs> Literally, I was eating burgers three times, um, three times a week. And finally, I told my doctor about it. And she said, oh, well, what you're going through right now is I've been in this intense um, detox protocol. She was like, what actually is happening is your body needs the nutrients from that. And here, let's get you some organ meats um, so that you can get that those nutrients in a denser way. So I went and got burgers made with like these organ meats. And once I did it, I stopped craving it so much. So it's a, it's something we have to be really mindful of. It's getting mindful. It's getting present to what is actually showing up in my life right now. And then knowing that everything comes in divine timing. We have a ton of power to create, but we also want to honor divine timing. When you talk about the higher self and listening to your body and listening to your intuition, I heard a little snippet of you talking today on a separate interview about, I think it was called calling sickness and what can sort of happen in your body when you're not listening to your higher self, when you're sort of pushing it down. And I want to know as much as you want to share about that. 
Yes. So it's interesting because um, there are themes that we experience as, as human beings and in varying degrees. So typically a shaman knows that they're called traditionally in the tribe because they would have what's called the calling sickness. And there are um, specific issues that pop up in the body and also mentally when this person is not aligned with their higher calling. And it ultimately becomes so bad (laughs) that no doctors can really diagnose it. And it forces them essentially to explore things that before they probably would not have even considered. They have to, you know, go to the far edges, but I'm going to say that in some ways, the vast majority of humanity, at least in the West, um, is experiencing a form of calling sickness in that if we look at the kind of health problems that we have every year increasing, yes, we can put some um, blame on pollution and chemicals and the way that we eat and how we don't exercise. But all of those are actually just symptoms or manifestation of a deeper rooted problem. And that problem is that each of us is here for a calling or a quote unquote purpose, but I'm going to say it in a different way that each of us is really here to express a different aspect of divinity. Hmm. Oh, I love that. We're each here to express a different aspect of divinity. And we are to do that in all of the things that we do. Purpose is not a goal. You don't need to find a purpose. It's actually in this moment right now, how is your higher self trying to express itself? And are you suppressing that? Or are you allowing that to be emitted through your being? When we allow for that to happen, we can step into alignment. Our our bodies begin to heal themselves. Our mental states shift. We're no longer suffering from anxiety and depression and um, our weight goes to a, a great um, equilibrium for you. You no longer find yourself um, being controlled by cravings for things that are actually self-destructive for you, like honey buns and, um, <laughs> you know, all of those sorts of things. And you begin to actually experience what freedom actually is. Freedom is not something that we get when we have the money and or the time. Freedom is when we're allowing ourselves to be that fully expressed version of aspect of divinity without resistance. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it, we've we've talked about this before, 
like our own experiences of just the more we've honored our desires, which I, you know, we talk about that. Like, I think our purpose is to honor our desires, follow those desires, follow those breadcrumbs to the bigger things that are meant for us. Um, And it's just incredible, like anxiety, chronic anxiety, gone. Used to have lots of acne, clear skin, and nothing else changing, just listening to my body and listening to those nudges that didn't really make a lot of sense and seemed pretty fucking crazy. (laughs) But I was like, I'm going to go for it anyway. And just, it's incredible how, yeah, all of that weight and that heaviness and those health issues just fall away on their own. And it's, it's just being yourself. That's, that's the key to the puzzle. (laughs) And how, how you showing up as yourself, Makosi showing up as herself, me showing up as myself, like that, it's a gift to ourselves and it's a gift to anyone around us because it gives them permission. They see an example of somebody who's doing that fully expressed or in the process of Mm -hmm. continuously, you know, evolving, becoming fully expressed. And they feel like, oh, it's safe for me to do that too. I, you know, I know that I've, I've never tried to copy anybody's path or their blueprint, Mm -hmm. but to see somebody showing up and trusting their highest self, that's very inspiring, Mm -hmm. you know? So, or I mean, also on the flip side, they could be triggered AF. Yes. (laughs) Actually catalyzes them too. And that's beautiful. So let's embrace all of it that sometimes what we perceive as being, being bad, right? Like some of us, the thing that I hear the most is like, um, you know, like what if I'm too much? Mm. What if I'm too much? Or what if I'm not enough? Mm. And when you allow yourself to be fully expressed, you don't have to worry about those things because you're going to be just the right amount of you for those aligned people, for those aligned experiences and opportunities in, in life. And sometimes it shows up in ways that maybe aren't savory or what we want, but for the highest good. It's such an interesting thing to talk about being too much or not enough. And it's like, what are we even basing that measurement off of? Like, what's (laughs) What's the exact right amount of space to take up? What's the exact right amount of, like, you to be? It's, that's so interesting. I think um, we, we we don't fear being too much. (laughs) We we might need to reel it in sometimes. (laughs) but, But I just think that's, I love what you're saying and how, Gosh, what did you say that we're all an aspect of divinity? What did you say? Mm-hmm. It was wow. <laughs> I love that. Yep. I love that. Yep. So, when you work with your um elite clients as you call them, you're like 1 and 2 percenter clients. Is this a big part of it? Is this, you know, having like working on trusting their intuition, like stepping into their highest self. Is that like the the core of the work and or are there other abundance lessons that, you know, weave in and out? Yes. So this has been something that's really fascinated me, having the opportunity to be surrounded by some of the world's best. I mean, I've been so blessed to like teach the teachers and, you know, work with the, I lead the leaders. And what I find so often is many of them, because they thought that freedom 
would come with the success mm-hmm. that they chased the success that they chased the goals that they became, you know, disciplined, focused, you know, they created a growth mindset, so on and so forth in order to create that level of success. And then what happens because they thought that that was their purpose, Mm -hmm. they get to that level and either one of two things happens either. Now they're like, Oh, well now I want time freedom. (laughs) And so their happiness becomes dependent on creating more time. Um, But regardless of that, what they find out at the top, which was what I discovered for myself when I hit the top 2% of, I used to sell relationship enhancement products. I used to sell sex toys and I was in the top 2% of that, of that company. And I realized at the top that what I had done was created what my mind thought was success. And our mind can only copy what it's seen before. I was unknowingly copying someone else's definition of success in order to, you know, make others happy, sometimes clients, sometimes, you know, parents, spouse, so on and so forth. But what I realized was that really the purpose of life is for us to experience euphoria in the journey. Mm. I sat and I, I thought about how many of our ancestors got to quote unquote, do what they love. Mm. And the truth is probably not many on the surface. Mm-hmm. And so how was it that we have more depression, even though we're, you know, uh, we have more money than they had. We have more freedoms than they had, even, even though things may not be great or perfect for the most part, we're, we're, we are experiencing an improvement of what they, they experienced. And part of it was in how they were approaching their life. Mm -hmm. When you allow yourself to be expressed in all of the things that you do, that is the key to creating freedom, creating depth of connection and creating real significance in the world. And so my message to everyone that now I'm just like super amped to share is that we can not only create what I call a euphoric empire, which could be your amazing, you know, seven figure or six figure business. And you can also enjoy it now. Like, why are we trying to chase something outside of ourselves? And our happiness is dependent on hitting that goal. When we allow ourselves to love what we do now, that permeates everything and life then gets to be fulfilling. That's when life gets to be um, in flow, right? And it gets to be both and. We get to have both. 
Euphoric Empire. Euphoric Empire. I'm obsessed with that. I know. I'm I'm sort of yeah. buzzing just listening to you <laughs> talk about it. We are, you know, especially particularly in the United States, we are a culture of chase it, chase it, chase it. It's always a little bit ahead of you. Just keep, oh, you got this? Great. Don't stop and celebrate. Keep chasing. Mm-hmm. Keep going. And to sort of like, you know, close the gap and find reasons to or close the loop and find reasons to celebrate constantly find reasons to feel good to bring you know I I think yeah we're just a very forward thinking (laughs) but really right now is the forward you thought about a few years ago or even a few months ago so it's like we're already there I'm curious, since you work with these incredible elite clients, like what are some of the most exciting breakthroughs you've seen when you've sort of helped them slow down, come back into their body, be present? Like what has what has come of that that's been the most exciting? Oh, my gosh. There's so many. Um, I will just invite anyone. You're welcome to look, you know, like on my website or Instagram. I'm always sharing um, some of the like more tangible things Mm -hmm. that people get really excited, you know, to see someone create like $6 million in a year. That's pretty exciting. Um, but the things that I get really excited about, because I know I can, I can foresee the impact Mm. is when they allow themselves to surrender more, when they allow themselves to let go of controlling everything and Oh my gosh. One of my favorite things to see is like when they begin to learn how to receive, because so many of them really struggle with receiving. It's like a huge topic that I'm always talking about. Um, When they allow themselves to receive, it creates this depth of connection with their loved ones, with their friends, with new um, connections, because you know, they, they quote unquote say like, it's lonely at the top Mm. and it's only really that way when you don't allow yourself to receive any more out of fear usually, but when they're like, oh my gosh, my relationship is the best it's ever been. Like, yes, business is amazing, but like, oh my gosh, I'm playing more. I'm lit up by what I'm doing. I actually walk away from my work with more energy. Mm. Or when they say like, I've gotten more done in the past like two weeks than I did in the previous nine months. And I did less. That is when I'm like, all right, now we're into magic territory and it's not so much about the dollars that come out. Mm -hmm. It's just like a fabulous byproduct. I know that's going to happen. It's just really a matter of time, but I love when I see them hitting those, those three key points, when they feel more freedom to be their full authentic self, when they feel deeper levels of connection than they've ever felt before. And they feel this knowing that they are creating significance, real legacy 
in the world and not just chasing the next high from hitting their next financial goal or their next life goal that comes and they hit it. And it's amazing. They celebrate. And then 48 hours later, they're like, all right, now what next? (laughs) And (laughs) they're just forcing and hustling until they hit that one. Mm -hmm. What's, what's everybody's hang up with receiving? Why are so many of us uncomfortable or afraid to receive? Ooh, um, the thing that I see most often is we perceive receiving as weakness, as, um, as being vulnerable and therefore not safe. So I would say this is a common theme, even with my higher level clients and it's just a bigger game that they're playing. So it's just magnified. Mm-hmm. So many of us have had experiences where we thought maybe we could rely on someone or we received someone's help. And then, you know, maybe we were betrayed or um, maybe our team staged a coup and like ran off and left us hanging. Right. And so we associate being vulnerable or receiving as, as not being safe, as not being secure. And so we have to begin to see how it actually makes us stronger, how we become more resilient, how we become more connected and more abundant when we allow ourselves to fully receive, not just like, okay, thank you. And then inside (laughs) we're like totally tensing up and like rejecting that I can tell, I can tell so much about a person just by seeing how they receive a compliment. Mm. I can tell you probably about 10 different things that are happening in your life based off of how you receive a, a compliment and how that shows up in your body and, and how your energy shifts from that because we're holistic beings. Mm-hmm. Wow. Maybe that's a good place to start. I was going to say, how do we practice receiving in the smaller ways so we can kind of work our way up to the the big stuff? <laughs> <laughs> well, receiving simply in the mirror is a good place to start. Um, we get very hung up sometimes on on picking out everything that's wrong with us and and harshly judging ourselves and just standing in the mirror and allowing yourself to begin focusing on and saying out loud what it is that you love about yourself Mm. and then fully receiving that, not going to a place where you have to justify it Mm -hmm. in some way, right? Like you have the most beautiful smile And then fully receiving that you have a beautiful smile, not justifying it with like, oh, and you have, you're a nice person. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's okay to be into your appearance because you're also really nice. (laughs) Yes. Like it's okay to admire all the different aspects of you 
even the ones that maybe um, aren't the most liked. Like sometimes I have a sharp tongue and allowing myself to receive that that is an incredible gift mm-hmm. to the right person. There are some people who are surrounded by yes men who never tell them the truth. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but to tell the truth. <laughs> what an amazing gift. And so when people tell me that, I fully receive that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Like, that's amazing. And learning how to ask for help, even in small ways at home. Learning how to ask for help, even if you don't need help. Mm. Allowing, your, allowing the gift of another person getting to support you. When you shared about the sharp tongue, I had this flashback to being in college and like within a month, I had two separate professors say like, wow, you're really strong minded. And they didn't necessarily mean it like in the most pause. I mean, it wasn't an insult, but it was there was some layers to it because there was a way I wanted to do it. And and looking back, I'm like, yes, I am. And that's why I get things done. And that's, you know, it's like that it's a get to the right person. It's such a gift. I love that. I love that you shared that. That's great. Um. I want to ask, um, okay, so again, with my research, I know you're a child that remembered your past life um, or past lives. I want to ask about that. We have a big fascination with that. And then also like any esoteric, like, have you seen embodied spirits is that something you see on the daily do aliens visit you what is it like to be you (laughs) that's so funny because i get that i get those kinds of questions a lot to me it's like just it's like so normal um but i forget that sometimes not everyone has those experiences um So, yes, I came into this life remembering who I was the last time I was around. Um, It was a little over 2000 years ago, um, and I was a priestess in in Egypt, specifically in the Temple of Isis as an oracle of Isis. And really, that's the role that I'm here again to do. Um, I volunteered this time around to come back for this specific moment and just Fun little side note, I haven't talked about it publicly much, but I'm going to be visiting the temple in Egypt in less than 60 days. I'm super Oh, excited. my God. Oh, oh my that's going to be unbelievable. You're going to like have... I have shivers. So I started visions. having shivers just when you said you were the Oracle of Isis, and now my body's like freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm... I'm so excited. So more recently, because I had pieces and fragments of the memories and now I've been getting more of like specific dates, specific names. And then some of them have like come into my, my awareness um, through just random things, just further confirming it. And um, so I'm excited because there, there's been, there was some energy that I left there the last time and now I'm going to go there and I'm going to pick it up and integrate it and um, bring that 
through, bring that out in the world again. So I'm very excited about it. Um, as for seeing spirits, yeah. So as a child, I always saw um, entities. At first it was like animal spirits when I was very, very young. And I always, because I'm a very practical, logical person, I always, even as a kid, like talked myself out of it. It wasn't until um, my best friend's murder when I was 15, she, she appeared at the end of my bed, just as real as you and I, the night that they pulled the plug. And she showed up there and I was in total disbelief and I'm like pinching myself and I'm blinking, trying to see like, wait, did I fall asleep? And then she laughed, but no sound came out. And then she told me telepathically, so her lips were not moving. There wasn't a sound, but she told me telepathically, I I came to let you know that I'm okay and that I'm moving on, I'm transitioning. And that just from that moment on my life was never the same. Um, I spent about a year mostly in silence from like 15 to 16. That was my sophomore year. I didn't really speak. Um, And that was when I kind of skipped over. I did used to also read tarot as when I was like 12, 13, um, But that was when I really was like, oh, wow, there's like, there's something else here. Mm -hmm. And I began to see spirits of various kinds and not just sometimes it would be like ancestral, um, you know, people who had passed on. Um, But at this point, I don't interact with them as much as I do what people would call um, divinities, gods and goddesses at this stage. Um, it, there's been so many, I wouldn't say that I always am seeing them Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day basis. Part of it has been because I had to learn how to turn it off Mm -hmm. because it was overwhelming, um, to live that way. So now it's much more, it, it happens more when I'm opening it when I'm activating that ability and I really like I love to be human as much as possible and like have the full human experience as much as I can um so I I stay grounded as much as possible but I do also know, like, I have the ability to access it whenever I, I need to. And sometimes they come through and there's certain messages, there's certain things I need to share. There's certain things, um, you know, sometimes they'll just be like, all right, we need you to say this. My name, Najezer, even means the protector and advocate of the holy. And I take that, like, very, very seriously. So sometimes I do weird things. People are like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, you're a shaman. Why are you talking about money? Mm. And that came directly 
from the divinities. Like the only way you are going to get these people's attention is to mm-hmm. use the thing that they care about. Wow. So boom, we're going to give you some money. You're going to talk about money. It's going to come in. You're going to talk to them about the importance of, of having it so that they will listen to also the other, the other stuff, the other deeper level components and, and pieces that really are important, but are hard to hear if you're um, not taken care of materially mm-hmm. and distracted. Do you think you love the human experience so much this time because when you were the Isis of Oracle, you didn't fully get that experience? Like you're like, I'll come back, but I want to be superhuman this time. (laughs) Yeah. um, It's not lost on me at all that like I, the thing I think people notice about me is I fully live life. Mm -hmm. Even when it sucks, I love it. And part of that is because, because my soul is freed from reincarnation and because I volunteered to come. (laughs) So I'm like, I, there's just like this deep level of knowing of the value of, and the magic of getting to be human and wanting others to see how amazing it is. Like when you're ugly crying, do you know how amazing it is that like this body has the ability to translate that emotion into like these different processes that then produce these, these tears out of your face. That's amazing. Anyway, not everyone gets it, but. Wait, I think at some level we all, we all subconsciously get that though, because nobody ever sobs and then doesn't go to look in the mirror. Do you know what I mean? Like, we are like, ah, and then we want to look at ourselves. (laughs) We're like, wow, that was really something. Look at me. Look at me go. Yes. And it's also like, that's why we love movies so much, right? Like, the more uh, back and forth and the, the greater level of intensity, we love that. We just don't love it when it's happening to us. And so the more that we can envision our life almost like a movie and that being human, like that is what it is to be human is to have the experience of both. And when you can fully accept duality, now you get to experience non-duality or transcendence, right. Or enlightenment because you're not resistant. You're not focusing on either, or now you're allowing for both and a higher level experience. Wow, yeah. I I always try to appreciate that about my own grief because I lost my mom about six years ago. And I'm like, wow, I it sounds so weird, but I'm so much happier now because I appreciate life so much more. Like the, the darker or the deeper you go into one end, you get to experience that opposite on the spectrum, like your your spectrum of your human emotion and experience just keeps expanding the the darker, deeper stuff you have to experience. Yes. There's such a range. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you, this is a little bit funny. Um, so you have your beautiful past life memories. Sadie has a similar past life memory. Somebody, you know, very high up in a in a group from somewhere. 
And so I went into a past life regression uh, session with a great, great woman. And um, I was like, ooh, maybe I'll be royalty. (laughs) I was a scullery maid. I cleaned a lot. I had a bucket. (laughs) And I think that's why in this life, I'm like, we are not doing that again. (laughs) And so I just loved, I was like, naturally like, Egypt, just this magical, like, I'm going to have to take a tour of, like, Victorian houses in Virginia and be like, like, that's the one I cleaned. I remember this one. (laughs) A lot of soot in that fireplace. I'm sorry. I'm so, like, I'm so buzzing from how much I love this conversation (laughs) that I'm, like, doing a little stand-up routine right now. I'm so sorry. But, um, (laughs) oh, my gosh. So, I guess... How should we tie this all up in a beautiful bow? I mean, it's been so amazing. I'm so grateful that that we're... Is there anything else you, you want to impart on us or our listeners? Anything else that's channeling through you? I our, our, our audience is very, like, either on the precipice of trusting themselves and diving into something new or a lot of, like, newly entrepreneurial women like ourselves. Like, we're about a year and a half into our own journey. Mm-hmm. So from that point where it's like I want to be the elite client of Makozi the royal shaman someday like how do I embody that now like where do I start Mm. oh that's such a good question because um, I have seen such a need for it that I built out my business to be able to support those who maybe they're not at that level yet but I believe that by taking some of that and embodying it now that we can have an incredible life. So I actually work with clients of all different levels, but it's really more about the mindset and and the way that you're viewing life. So the thing that I um, invite everyone to explore is to ask yourself, number one, what is it, what is the goal that I have, right? Is it a six-figure business, seven-figure business? Like what, what is that? And then what is it that you get to experience when you have that? What is it that you think that having the six-figure business is going to get you or the seven-figure business is going to get you? And then allow yourself to begin integrating that now. Mm-hmm. So if you believe that, oh, when I create a six-figure business, I'm going to have... Um, more freedom to, I don't know, uh, what's coming to mind right now. Okay. For me, I've been, I've been belly dancing again. When I have that level, I'll have the freedom to belly dance more. Well, by belly dancing more now that helps you tap into your creativity. And then that is actually what's going to create that six figure business. Mm -hmm. Right. And so embodying that next level now actually allows for it to begin coming in in a much easier way. I say as a human being, part of it is that we experience struggle, but you get to choose. Do you want your life to be a struggle or do you want to choose from your mind, what are you facing? And then choose to lean into that struggle, 
which then makes your life much easier. Mm. So you get to decide which one you want. Oh my gosh, I love it. Where can our listeners find you and connect with you and become obsessed with you in a healthy way? <laughs> <laughs> the best place usually to find me is on the Instagrams. Mm-hmm. I'm at the Royal Shaman on Instagram. And also we are going to be um, getting back onto YouTube. So Ooh, yay. Um, Can't wait. also very soon we'll have some, some new YouTube videos coming out. So you can also find me. I'm at the Royal Shaman everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or my website, theroyalshaman.com. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This was such an enlightening conversation for us, mm-hmm. and we can't wait for our listeners to learn and grow from this as well. Yes, thank you so much. This was such a treat. You're amazing. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I absolutely loved it, and I wish both of you amazing abundance and incredible magic for your podcast going forward. <gasps> thank, thank you. you. All right, bye, everyone. Bye.